for being so good to us. Thank you for the pardoning of our sins. Thank you for a moment out of this week to pause and just give you praise. Lord, bless your name today for all that you have done for us, you are doing on our behalf, and will do for us in the days to come. We need you this morning, and so we pause at the preaching hour to ask for the illumination of your spirit. God, open our eyes, open our ears, that we may hear and see what your spirit has to say to the church. And the truth is, God, that if you speak to us, we'll be briefed. We'll know what you expect of us. And we'll know how to respond accordingly. So give our pastor preaching permission and preaching power just one more time. And then God will give you the honor, the glory, and the praise. And all God's people said amen and amen. While you're standing, open your Bibles to Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13, verses 1 through 12. I want to welcome all of you to the New Beginnings Community Baptist Church, where we are an expository teaching and preaching church. And that means we believe in preaching through the entire book of the Bible, books and chapters at a time, comma by comma and line by line. This morning, we are again walking through the book of Acts, chapter 13, and invite you, if you are uh, not a member of any church in the Fresno area, to come and join us. We would love to have you to study God's word. Acts chapter 13. If you got it, say, I got it, Pastor. Amen. Now, in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manain, who was brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then, having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. So, being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. And when they arrived in Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. They also had John as their assistant. Now, when they had gone through the island of Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus, who was with the proconsul, Sergius Paulus, an intelligent man. This man called for Barnabas and Saul, and he sought to hear the word of God. But Elamis, the sorcerer, 
for so his name was translated, he withstood them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. And then Saul, who was called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him. Watch out, y'all. And he said, oh, full of all deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? And now, indeed, the hand of the Lord is upon you and you shall be blind, not seeing the sun for a time. And immediately a dark mist fell on him and he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. Then the proconsul believed when he had saw what had been done, being astonished at the teaching of the Lord. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him this morning, neighbor, oh neighbor. I know it's hot in here, but pastor going to preach to you about being called, commissioned, and confronted. Amen. You may be seated. Y'all crack that door over there for me, Reverend Bruce. Crack that door. It feel like the church in Alabama in here today. I know I need to lose some weight. But I want to do it when I'm ready. Amen. <laughs> Being called, commissioned, and confronted. You got permission to take off your jacket and your shoes if you need to. Amen. Pass out them fans. Amen. Crack that door over here too for me, Reverend, and open that other one in the fellowship hall. Amen. Amen. The Spirit of God was on the move and the church began in Jerusalem and then spread to other cities including Samaria, Damascus, Caesarea, Antioch, and Syria in at least 40 different cities are named in the book of Acts. Cities where the gospel had never been preached before. Now, according to the scriptures, it was from Antioch, our text today, that Paul and his helpers carried the gospel throughout the then known world. In fact, the record given in Acts chapters 13 through 28 uh, almost reviews an ancient missional geography. This is important because in our message today, we'll get to see the three C's of the Christian church. The Christian church is both called, commissioned, and confronted. Am I talking to you? You see, up until now, Jerusalem had been the center of the ministry of God. And Peter had been the key apostle. But from this point on, after today, family, Antioch in Syria would become the new ministry center. And Paul now 
becomes the new leader in the church. You want to know why? The gospel was on the move. Now, in the church that was at Antioch, the text says there were certain prophets and teachers. There was Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger because he was black, Lucius of Cyrene, Manain, who was brought up with that killer, Herod, the Tetrarch. And then there was Saul. What a team. I call them the Fantastic Five. See, as they ministered to the Lord, the text says they prayed and fasted. And the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work of the ministry that I have called them to. Then, having fasted and prayed, the Bible says they laid hands on them and they sent them out. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus, which, by the way, is the place that Barnabas was from. Now, notice here. Here we discover the Fantastic Five. These brothers were on point in the church, and the gifts of the Spirit were working in them to bring God honor and glory in the local church. Are you listening here? Luke lists these men who were ministering in the church because he wants you to know that God uses people to minister to people. Can I turn the light on? If there's a problem in your church today, it's probably because somebody ain't doing what they was called to do. If there's a gift missing in your body, it's probably because somebody is missing in action. When we see this church of Antioch, they become the new mission center because everybody's in place and everybody's on point and everybody is in their lane. I just said a mouthful right there. In their lane, filled with the Holy Spirit, every man can do what God has called them to do. The church of Antioch has no divisions because the brothers love one another. Hey, help me, Holy Ghost. Just a little while. They love each other and they've been called by God. To do a great work in the earth. And guess what? Nobody's jealous over nobody else. Everybody's on the same page. And everybody is reporting for duty. Sound like new beginnings. Am I talking to you here? Here's what I learned about this passage, brother preachers. These men were serving as prophets and teachers in the local church. Now, the prophets helped to lay the foundation for the church as they proclaimed the word of God. Ephesians 2 talks about this in 1 Corinthians 14. And the teachers helped to ground the converts in the Bible doctrines or the apostles' doctrine. So God had called already Paul to minister. Remember that in Acts chapter 9 when he called him on the Damascus road to minister to the Gentiles? He had also called Barnabas to serve in the church of Acts. And now he summons these brothers both to come from Jerusalem to serve in Antioch. And I like this because the church confirms their calling. And after confirming their calling, they commission them 
to go out. Let me pause right here and put a nickel in the meter. We have something very special taking place in our church right now. And I said this to, to my brother and sister, the Beckel family. God has called Bruce and Mary to plant churches in Europe. And on yesterday, we saw a great example of the gift that he has placed in them. The ability to convene churches to be equipped for the work of the ministry at the Evidence 2015 conference. Now, as a church, we have an opportunity here that I don't want you to miss. Here's the opportunity. As God has called them, stand up, y'all. As God has called them to plant churches, let's give them a hand. Come on, talk to me. We recognize their call. Now, guess what? The church's responsibility is to commission them. Y'all see that? Because the Holy Spirit in the earth is working through the local church. And through the work of the local church, the work for the body of Christ is commissioned to send them out in twos to do the work of the ministry. And what we see here in the book of Acts becomes God's model for the New Testament church today. Am I making sense there? What a beautiful picture. That the church of Antioch is able to send the brothers off to do the work of the ministry that God had assigned to them. See, there's no reason to split a church. You can close the door now, brothers. There's no reason to ever split a church. If God has called you and your spouse to do a great ministry, then come talk to the pastor and the elders and let's pray and send you forth. Am I making sense here? It's very important that we understand the order by which God is doing things. I like the text, Reverend Tom, because it says after prayer, the church launched the new work. Before crossing cultures, these brothers first go and reach to the Jews. Now, a beautiful picture as verses one through four is or five is the scene changes drastically. When you come to verse 6, here we see the called, the commission, but then we see also the confrontation. Are you listening here? In other words, every time you step out to do something for God, there's going to be some confrontation. I need somebody to come on in and lean in with me this morning, huh? Because there's somebody dreaming and desiring about doing something great for God, and you think there ain't going to be nothing to stop you. Because you are working for God, that automatically puts you on the hit list of hell. Can I help you here? You say, I want to get married to honor God. You think the devil just going to let you get married? There ain't going to be no problems in your relationship? I want to raise godly children, another generation made in the image of God. You think the devil just going to let you bring your babies to life groups? Put them in the youth ministry or in children's church? Listen, y'all, wake up. You are in the midst of a spiritual battle. And anything you declare to do for the name of God is going to be met with opposition. 
You ought to tell your neighbor, I'm glad you came today. You needed to hear that. Amen. Only got two points this morning and I'm going to let you go. Just two points. Two points. First one I want to deal with is the contact with satanic opposition. Let's, let's look at it. Look at verse 6. Notice what the text says. Brother Hudson, it says, Now when they had gone through the island of Paphos, they found, interesting word, a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus, who was with the proconsul, the governor, Sergius Paulus, an intelligent man. And this man called, look at this, for Barnabas and Saul, and he sought to hear the word of God. Notice this. When we come to this passage of scripture, family, we see that the preachers are confronted with satanic opposition on the mission. Y'all in here, Reverend? The brothers were simply traveling and spreading the good news of the gospel like God told them to do. And the word was spreading across the island that the messengers of the gospel were in town. Now, as they traveled, the text says they found an enemy. <laughs> That's worth you coming to church today. They found somebody who was working for the devil. He was a sorcerer. That means he dealt with black magic. And he was a false prophet. And his name was Bar-Jesus. Now notice, this false prophet who's working for the underworld has a gift too. God's men have gifts. And the devil's men. Y'all in here today? He was skilled in the evil arts of divination. That means he had the ability, like Chris Angel, come on, talk to me, to do these miraculous things in the eyes. And the power was real. And they ran into him. Now look at this. This power was inspired from Satan who had given him not only the ability to do wonders, but he gave him the ability to tell people their fortunes. And he, 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 he was named after his call. His name was Bar-Jesus, and guess what his name is? Bar means son of Jesus, or Yeshua means salvation. He was the false image of Jesus. He was the son of salvation, was his name. And he had been operating in this region, deceiving people, until Barnabas and Saul. Came to town. Can I say some more? God's messengers, listen to this, Bruce, always doing God work will always, son, run into Satan's messengers. Don't sleep on me today, y'all. Listen, it's inevitable that false doctrine and truth come face to face. It's got to happen. <laughs> 
because we are in the cosmos of God where one of God's fallen creatures has rebelled against him and God being the spirit of truth speaks into that world but the fallen creature who rebels against him is called the father of lies. So truth and lies must collide. That's why we were in the conference this week uh, talking about moral confusion in the 21st century. Who's the author of confusion? Satan is. Am I right right there? And he tries to, yes, oppose the work of God in the earth. Our text talks about this. Here's what I want you to know, children of the living God, that the truth of God must show up where lies have been told. Look, God has a way of bringing the gospel into situations where people are being misled. That's why he needs you and I to influence every area of life that we have contact with. The sorcerer in this text was using black magic, as I mentioned earlier, to deceive people. But he would have to face the miraculous power of God and be defeated. Parenthetically, can I park the car and idle right here? You do know it ain't no contest between God and the devil. Come on in here, lean in here, let me talk to you a minute. Don't you think for one minute that the devil is equal to God? Are y'all in here? Some of y'all are afraid to do the work of God because the devil done bluffed you. He ain't no competition to God. But he will try to oppose you. You just got to know who you work for. That's why we don't give up on our children. That's why we don't give up on our marriages. Hey, help me, Holy Ghost. I'm feeling this thing. That's why we don't give up on our churches. Because we know who God we serve. We know whose we are. And we know the power that's in us. Am I talking to you today? This false prophet was giving people bad information and bad teaching. And he would have to face the true word of God. I like this today. Ah, Sister Wilson, love of my life. God is looking for good soldiers, beautiful. Somebody who's available to engage with the loss about the good news of Jesus Christ. Listen, that's why it's important that you just don't be a pew sitter. God has need of you. And he needs you to engage with a dark and dying world. Hey, hey, can I just put the weight on you today? If the hell is opposing your home, if hell is opposing your family, and you ain't decided to do something about it, don't come here and complain. You the answer. That's your family. You know the Christ. Stand up and do what he's called you to do and commissioned you to do. Tell your neighbor, pastor, own this thing today. God is calling his messengers, watch this, to be prepared to deal with pseudo-messengers and to confront them in the midst of their diabolical schemes to oppose the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why you can't be missing the Evidence 2015 conference. It's the conference designed to help you to give a reasonable answer for the faith that you believe. 
so you can stand up in the midst of opposition and have an answer. You don't have to be afraid as a believer of the many um, religions of the world or the teachings of the word. You have the word of God. It is true through and through and the power of the Holy Spirit lives in you. You don't have no reason to be afraid of the Mormons, of Islam, of Jehovah's Witness. You don't know who you are. And the power of God lives in you and you've got all the answers to life. In the 66 books. Tell somebody, just read it. You'll find it. Just read it. You'll find it. God is calling us. Calling us to be messengers. Lecrae's got a song out. And I love it. It's calling on the messengers. Calling on the messengers. Powerful song. And he's calling on the messengers to stand up. And take our place. In the body of Christ. This ain't in my notes, but I think I'll stick it in here. But we're like a sleeping giant. We know we got power. We're just napping right now. I pray for the day that we see the church of Jesus Christ shake in her boots. Stand up and take her rightful place. Pushing back hunger. Pushing back lies and cults. Taking our rightful place in the universe where God has called us, left us, commissioned us to confront that which is evil with the good news of Jesus Christ. Oh, heck, let me say some more. Look, Congress can't do what you can do. The House of Representatives don't have your, don't have your authority. Local law enforcement ain't got the answer to the crime in your community. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the only thing that turns a heart from a murderer to a worshiper of God. But listen, it, it won't work if you don't get it out from four walls. You got to get it outside. And then watch the evidence take place. The text says that they ran and to him they found him, verse 7, and he was with this particular man where Jesus was. He was the proconsul Sergius Paulus, an intelligent man. And watch this, the Bible says that this man, brothers and sisters, called to hear Barnabas and Saul. He wanted to hear this message that they were preaching. He was like a governor of the island of the region and the word had got back to him that there's some men in town and they preaching something that we ain't never heard before. Uh, can I say something right there? God had divinely arranged for this Gentile ruler to hear the rumors of the gospel that were being preached in his region and when he did so, the brothers were summoned to proclaim the word to him. In other words, I just want to say, if you're available, God can bring you before great men. But it's not to bring you in front of great men to promote your agenda. Hey, I just said something right there. It's for you to come before great men to promote his agenda. The question is, are you available? Are you available? Because they're on mission for God. God was going to use them in the earth, just like he promised to preach the good news. Here's what I noticed, brothers and sisters, that when the time was right, God gave them an open door to proclaim the word to somebody who had an ear to hear. When the time was right, 
God gave the ruler of that region a hunger to hear the truth of God's word. When the time was right, God exposed the lies of the false prophet, giving him the gospel, which opposes all lies. When the time was right, my brothers and sisters, God gave the apostles an open door to preach the word. This was his mission that they were on. Listen, don't, don't get ahead of God, but wait till he opened the door. That's a good word for somebody today. Don't, don't get frustrated with God's timing. Wait on him. And he'll open the door when the time is right. They were commissioned, called. This is great work. Look at point two. Confronted with satanic opposition. The Bible says that when he calls for Barnabas and Saul to preach the word, verse 8, Elimus. Now notice his name changes here. First, Luke says his name is Bar-Jesus, and then he gives him a nickname here, Elimus. The sorcerer, for so his name is translated. Watch this. He withstood them. Did you see that? Guys, I'm going to work right here. The Lord really blessed me in this portion of the text. He withstood them, watch this, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. When we come here to this verse, brothers and sisters, we see uh, a direct element of spiritual warfare. In other words, the brothers are being withstood by the enemy. Y'all listening? Their words are being challenged. Their gospel is being refuted. Their truth about Jesus Christ is being opposed. This is spiritual warfare. Are you listening here? I want to clarify that because some of us think that because your man broke up with you, that's spiritual warfare. Or, or your car got in the rack. Come on, talk to me. Because you was texting and driving. Look at that. That's the devil trying to kill you. That's you trying to kill you. Spiritual, <laughs> spiritual warfare is clearly directly connected. Watch this. To opposing the work and the witness of the gospel of God in your life, in your walk, and in your work. When it shows up in that span, now the devil is in it. Am I making sense here? Listen. Today, we face the same opposition. Anybody, I don't care who they are or where they come from. Could be mom, dad, co-worker, boss, whomever. If they try to turn people away from Christ or turn people away from the good news or stop his witness from sharing their, or people from his witnesses from sharing their faith, they are being used by the evil one to oppose the good news of salvation and Jesus Christ. This is spiritual warfare against the child of God. The gospel message and the word of God itself. Paul and Barnabas are now facing spiritual warfare. You and I will face spiritual warfare. Our children will face spiritual warfare. Our church 
will face spiritual warfare. The body of Christ for 2,000 years have dealt with spiritual warfare. Why? Because there is an evil spirit in the universe who does not want people to encounter Christ. Y'all in here? Come on, y'all. Talk to me. We must live in these difficult times being made aware that satanic opposition will come to every believer at one time or another. And he'll use you. He'll use your mother and father, your brothers and sisters. He'll use whoever he can to oppose the work of the gospel. Sad thing is when we see this in the church, really disheartening. But every now and then people will rise up in the church and try to prevent the church from doing what God has called her to do. Listen, when the church starts to take on other agendas and other missions, be it social, be it political, whatever, and abort the mission that God has sent you to, that's warfare. That's a distraction. And you must be shrewd enough and smart enough and wise enough to discern when that's happening. So as you set your church up, make sure she's grounded in the mission that God has called her to be on. Turn to your neighbor and say, hmm, that's good, that's good. I like this because as he opposes them, the Bible says in verse 9 that Saul, who is called Paul, this is the first time his name changes. First time his name changed. The first time you see him leading the mission. Barnabas is with him. But now Paul steps up and takes his place in the mission. The Bible says he's called Paul. And then secondly, he was filled. You should circle that. With the Holy Spirit. Tell somebody he wasn't leaking. He wasn't leaking. <laughs> You'll catch that on the way home. Amen. Yeah, somebody running a little low this morning. Amen. Run a little low. Amen. He's filled. He looked at this guy intently. I like that. He wasn't afraid. You don't see him, uh, uh, brother, you don't see him shrinking back. It's the image of authority and confrontation. I need to talk to somebody who said, I'm just not me, pastor. I'm just not confronted. Well, you better get some confrontation. Because the devil ain't got no problem confronting you. Can I say it like I feel it? As Christians, we got to be a little crazy in this crazy world. Are you listening here? We have to be able to stand up sometime and say, hey, that ain't true. I disagree with that. And let me tell you why. Looking at them intently. Can I say some more? He says to him, not only did he look at him intently, he said, you know what you are? Uh, brother, brother, by Jesus, you full of all deceit. And you full of all fraud. You ain't nothing but the son of the devil. In fact, you are an enemy of all righteousness. And as a result, you ain't going to cease perverting your way. So I'm going to tell you what God about to do to you. I don't know about you, but I like a preacher with a little edge to him. 
He says, verse 11, and now indeed the hand of the Lord is upon you. And he ain't going to bless you. Amen. It ain't that kind of hand right there. This is the hand of punishment, right? You're going to be blind. Can I park the car right there? I like this because Paul was blind himself one time. He was blind himself because he was doing exactly what this boy was doing. And Paul said, I'm going to tell you how God going to deal with you just like he dealt with me. And now you're going to be blind. And you ain't going to see the sun for a season. Hey, help me, Holy Ghost. And the Bible says, immediately, a dark a mist fell on him. And he went around seeking for somebody. Take him by the hand. Y'all mind if I work right there? Notice, here we discover how Paul handles devilish intrusion. You should write these down because they're going to help you deal with the devils in your world. First thing he does is he looks at him. With divine authority. I ain't afraid of you. You, you, you know that divine authority? It, it, it's, it's when my sons are doing something in the house. And mama's getting on them. And daddy get up out of his chair. He don't say nothing. He just look. Really? We about to do this? Are you with me here? Y'all should practice that look. Look at your neighbor. Just look, give him that look. Give him that look. I want you to practice that look. I'm sorry, husbands and wives, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that right there. That's not good. My bad. <laughs> but you get the point. First thing he does is he looks at him with divine authority. And then he says, and he names what it is. Watch this. He names what it is, patient, what the enemy is trying to do. Did y'all catch that, Brother Grady? He names it. Number one, he said, you full of deceit. In other words, you trying to deceive people, Jehovah's Witness. You trying to deceive people, Mormons. I don't want to hear nothing you got to say because everything come out of your mouth is a lie. I know it's a lie because of who you affiliated with. Ain't no conversation. You full of deceit. Number two, you full of fraud. Why? Because the one you work for is fraudulent in every area of his life. He's the father of lies. Number three, you the son of the devil. In fact, if the devil had babies, it looked like you. Number four, you are the enemy of all righteousness. Ain't nothing in you righteous. Notice his name. I Don't make it up. What? It's in the text. And then he says, number five, and you will not stop perverting the straight ways of the Lord. Listen, ISIS, ISIL, Islam, Mormonism, Hinduism, Buddhism, Jehovah's Witness. Y'all with me here? Secular humanists will not stop perverting the straight ways of the Lord. That's why we don't engage with their beliefs. We have an answer for their beliefs and we don't shrink back 
from the conversations. Look, I know who I am. And I know who my God is. But I also know who they work for. Who they work with. And who they represent. And they thrive on the Christian bowing their head. Cowering. And walking away. But they feared the ones who will stand up with a little edge to their work. A little swag about themselves. And know who Jesus is. Paul, in an authoritative manner, confronts satanic activity against the mission of God in the earth. In other words, Paul's not afraid of the enemy or ashamed of the gospel. Like this man, because he's being opposed on the mission field. And it's obvious, Sister Billings, that this false prophet is trying to stop and block what God is doing in Paul's ministry. He actually has the audacity to try to persuade, to turn the proconsul away from what Paul is hearing. Can I talk about relationships for a minute? Ladies, if he don't want to go to church, stay away from that fool. Brothers, if she don't want to pray now, don't think she's going to pray later. I'm a pastor right through here. Because you'll be in my office crying later. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been opposed by the enemy of our souls? Have you ever been interrupted while trying to share your faith? Have you ever, yes, been opposed by fraud, deceit, the enemy of righteousness, or the devil himself? If you have, that's your evidence that you are in the ministry. And satanic opposition comes to those who are engaged in ministry. Now, if you ain't doing nothing, he ain't going to bother you. That's why what I'm talking about, Lori, ain't really talking to nobody today. Because you ain't doing no ministry nowhere. Your ministry is to drive here, get out the car, get back in, and go home. In fact, you kind of agree with the homosexual agenda. You, 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 you kind of agree with the secular humanism. My truth is my truth, and your truth is your truth. That's a lie. You can't have multiple truths. There is one truth in the universe. And his name is Jesus. You can get mad and go now. The pastor in this church got a little swag to him. Got an edge when it comes to the gospel. Listen, me and the devil ain't never been on friends and talking terms. Ever since I knew him, he was trying to kill me. Y'all not listen, so let me call roll. Took my virginity, took my freedom, took my mental health, took my psychological stability, tried to kill my family, did kill my brother, and has wiped out a whole lot of my generations. We ain't got nothing in common. And I'm going to 
spend every last breath combating the works of wickedness in the universe. Why? He opposes the God who saved me. Some of y'all need to knock it off trying to be down with the devil and then shout on Sunday. Please, darkness and light ain't got nothing in common. Can a man put fire to his chest and not get burned? You better quit playing with him. Quit collaborating with him. If you don't, you'll see the consequences of your foolish decisions. Paul notices what time it is. And he says, boy, you full of five things. Full of five things. Parenthetically, I notice that Paul is filled, and so is Bar-Jesus filled. No, y'all missed it. Both messengers run head into each other on the field. And they both full. He full with the devil, and Paul is full of God. Am I talking to you today? Parenthetically, some people just full of the devil, y'all. That's all. But the pseudo prophet had a life that was full of demonic activity. And as a result of him being filled by an evil spirit, guess what? He must be confronted, Bruce, by one who is full of the Holy Spirit. God is looking for some messengers who are willing to be full with him. Who will say no to the world. Who will say no to satanic influence. Who will flee the temptation of the evil one. Who are willing to live a life that's full and above reproach. The question is, are you that messenger? Are you oil and water? Because he was filled, Paul understood that satanic opposition always comes. Watch this. Yes, this really got me here. Satanic opposition always comes after the preaching of the gospel. Watch it, Bruce. Watch it when you begin to preach in Europe. Your lowest days will be the days after you preach. Mondays are the days that pastors are most vulnerable. Because he was filled, Paul understood that satanic opposition always comes to turn hearts away from the good news. Because Paul was filled, he understood that satanic opposition always comes to divert hearers and to do evil in their hearts. Because he was filled, Paul understood that satanic opposition comes to keep you from obeying and following in the way of the Lord. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Everybody look at me real quick. Just look up here. You can go to sleep after this. Whatever God is telling you to do on Sunday, I guarantee the devil will talk to you before you even leave here to oppose what God has told you to do. You need to know that when you hear that voice now, what it's trying to do, you got a decision though. Somebody looking at me right now is hearing me say what I'm saying but you already made up in your mind I don't care what he say 
I'm going to do what I want to do. And you are what I call a fool. Not because I'm mad at you, but because you don't understand that the voice you want to obey is trying to destroy you. And a fool is somebody who will see destruction and still walk right in it. I'll be there. Just call me when you get in it. You know, pastor going to show up. And I won't tell you when I show up, I told you so. I will just rebuke the evil one. And I'll pray for your deliverance. And God always answers prayer. Well, I've been up here too long already. I got so much I want to give you. Can I give it to you? Here's what I want you to know. The messengers of God must be able to identify the enemy on the mission. You must be able to identify the enemy. Messengers of God must have divine insight to see that Satan is responsible for interfering in the proclamation of the word. The messengers of God, Pastor Baptista, must have divine insight to see that the evil one does not want men to be saved. The messengers of God must be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit because false prophets are filled with lies. You've got to have some power to confront the enemy's agenda. The messengers of God must have supernatural understanding to see that they are being opposed by evil on every hand. And if they don't have that supernatural understanding... They'll be ineffective in the kingdom work of God. Many of the pastors and colleagues today are struggling in the ministry. Not because they decided to struggle in the ministry, but they've lost power. And without divine insight, without divine wisdom, and without seeking God's face 24-7, being filled with his spirit, being on God's agenda, it's possible to be a weak and anemic soldier on the front lines. But you have no gas in the tank. Listen, don't live your life as a believer always running on empty. Why aren't you in life groups? Why aren't you? Come into Bible study. And why are you only reading your Bible on Sunday when pastors say, turn with me to the book of? You will not have power. You will not have insight. Why? Because the scriptures say that thy word should be a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Why are you not engaged in ministry? You're running low. And you need to do something about it. In just a few minutes, the, the invitation will be given for you to do something about it. I pray that the convicting power of the Holy Spirit challenge you today to no longer be carnal, to be Luke-minded, but to be serious. And a committed soldier unto the Christ. And don't tell me it ain't that easy. God has made everything easy. He gave it all to you. Feel you as much as you want to be filled. Well, as I close today, I'm going to hump it off. If you want the rest, the notes will be on the website under the blog. 
pull it up. Exhaust yourself there. As I conclude, the Bible says that Paul called down, yes, the punishment of God on him. He went blind, searching about. And then it concludes with verse 12 with good news. Uh, the Bible says that then the proconsul believed when he saw what had been done. You see that right there? Being astonished at the teaching of the Lord. I'm through when I tell you this family. It was the word of the Lord that he wanted to hear. And it was the word of the Lord that he got to hear. And it was the word of the Lord that drew him to the apostles. But then God used a miracle. A miracle of judgment on the one who was deceiving him. That compelled this man to believe. Watch this. He had been walking for days with the false prophet. Hearing his message. Seeing his miracles. And he had him as a part of his cabinet of leadership over the island. But when the preachers came. God showed him what real power was. Are you listening here? And it was the evidence of the gospel preached and the judgment that came from the call of the preachers on the false prophet that opened his eyes to believe what Paul and them were now preaching. So it was hearing and seeing and believing that made him now a witness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I got to leave you now. But God would use this event to secure faith in the life of this Gentile ruler. And for 2,000 years after that, God is still using the same recipe to rescue those who are trapped and being deceived by the pseudo prophets of the day. Can I call roll? God is still using the word of the Lord. The word of God is still drawing people unto himself. Listen, you ain't got to have a whole lot of gimmicks. You ain't got to have the best choir, the most prettiest church, none of that. Just have the naked word. Can I say some more? Jesus, the son of God, compelled by the love of his father, did the greatest miracle ever known to man. Went one Friday night to a hill called Calvary. And as the Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world. The Bible says that he, he let down his life. Let him put nails in his hand. A crown of thorns on his head. Nails in his feet with a spear in his side. And the cold thing was, he said, don't nobody take my life. But I lay it down. And if I lay it down, I'll take it up again. The Bible says that he died. They put his body in the borrowed tomb. And early Sunday morning, God the Father raised him back to life. And he got up with all power of heaven and earth in his hand. That one miracle we've been preaching since the dawning of time. That one miracle has been saving folks from Asia to Africa, to Canada, to South America. That same miracle found me in the Los Padrinos Juvenile Hall, arrested for a drive-by shooting, caught
darkness and put me in the marvelous light. That same miracle called people from drug houses, prostitution places, white houses, crack houses. That same miracle has got power to save any man and any woman at any time, at any place, anywhere, doing any sin. That miracle has got power. Buddha ain't got that miracle. Muhammad ain't got that miracle. Her Christians ain't got that miracle. You've got the miracle of Jesus Christ and the word of God that has power to save any man anywhere. Preach the miracle. You've been called by God. Preach the miracle. You've been commissioned by God. Preach the miracle. And when you run into confrontation, preach the miracle. Because the devil can't combat the empty tomb. The devil can't combat the blood of Jesus. The devil can't combat the Lamb of God. You've got power of heaven and earth in your hands. Well, as I take my seat, Dr. Henry Drummond said these powerful words, and I'm going to leave them with you. Dr. Drummond said, the pearl diver lives at the bottom of the ocean. By means of the pure air that's being conveyed to him from up above. Y'all in here? But his life is entirely dependent on the breath from up above. Well, you and I are down here at the bottom, like the diver. And our task is to gather pearls for the master. And as we gather pearls from the master, they'll be placed in his crown. So the source of our life comes from the life-giving spirit. He's going to give you everything you need. While you're looking for the lost pearls of humanity at the bottom of earth. Are you listening here? Now what kind of diver are you going to be? When the king comes to get us and we ascend to the top where we're supposed to be. What do you have in your wallet? How many pearls will you produce for the master? How many souls have you saved while you've been living on earth? You mean you had 46 years and you ain't found one pearl? You've been here 70 years and you ain't got no pearls to show for your time at the bottom? You mean you've been here 12 years and you ain't found one pearl? 